Tyler Amadon of Denver Christian Schools, junior high principal. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming in. Doing well. You bet. You bet. Thanks for having me. This is great. No, Looking was, forward to it. I was excited you could make it because I'm a fan of education. Indeed. Coach Bath. I had your son last year. I helped coach yep. Denver Christian Basketball last year. Yes, as a senior. He's moving on. He's going to try and play in college. Oh, where's he going to school now? Calvin College. He'll be a freshman there. We leave in about two and a half weeks. Oh, First one out of the house? First one out of the house. His, oh. his sister will be right behind him next year. So is she she's a senior. senior. Oh, yeah. so back to back. Back to back. So you at least have a, a rhythm of the pattern of what's oh, going yeah. on. It's going to be hard two years in a row saying goodbye. Yeah. It's no. going to be tough. But they're going to come back in the summers. Like, yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Like yeah I mean, he, he wants to be a chemist, so he might want to work in a chemistry lab in yeah. the summer at, at, at the college. So that's at least he's know. got a goal, and it's a high goal. Yeah, he wants to be a PhD chemist, so he's got a long, a lot of theology minor. Wow. So yeah, yeah, he's pretty excited. That's awesome. I knew yeah. he was one of the smarter guys on the team for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he so. does all right. He does all right. So, and he's going to try and play basketball, Ooh. at least at the JV level. You know what? You get one opportunity really to do it. Why That's not right. try? So he's he's shot all summer. And uh, he works all day and washes windows, and then he goes to the gym and shoots for hours. So Jeez. see what happens right now. Right. And yeah. now you've been at Denver Christian how long? Since my first year there was 96, 1996. Okay, so a little while. And you, yep. you're the junior high principal. And how long have you been yep. the junior high principal? So I got my principal's license about eight years ago. Okay. And then um, actually my wife and I got our principal's licenses together. Okay. Does she work at the school? No, she's a principal at a high school in Douglas County. Okay. Uh, for an alternative ed school. And then um, so I've been principal at Denver Christian for seven years. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you yeah. teach classes too as a principal or I don't know how I have works. in the past. I have in the past, um, math. So I've taught, so I taught last year. Okay. So, um, we had some students that needed some extra support. So we, we built a class specifically for them. Oh, wow. Some eighth graders and, and I took it. Very so cool. I, we taught that. So I taught that all year. The year before I had another group, uh, but no, I don't know. I won't, I won't teach this year. Okay. Um, we're growing like crazy. We got 115 new kids Whoa. in the uh, building across. K through 12. Yep, yep, across campus. Um, so it's like about 10 kids a class. Oh, it's it's going crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's it's we're hanging on for dear life. We, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We're, we've got kids. I did interviews today. We tested 21 kids today. I don't think I'm smart enough to even get into school. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's um, – yeah, I mean, it's a good time to be there, but it makes for a busy summer. You know, so do you have much of a summer off being in more of the... No, not really. And I'm in grad school, getting my doctorate Okay. So at CU. So um, getting a doctorate in educational leadership. Very cool. Emphasis on professional learning and technology. Okay. And so that takes up a lot of my summer, but so does... So does Denver Christian. Right. So we get away a little bit here and there. And I'm from San Diego, so we get out to the beach and and uh, just hang bad, out. Not a bad place to get away. It's to. not a bad. My mom and dad just live right up the hill from the ocean. So oh. we just go down there each day. And my kids love it. And That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, mostly at Denver Christian. Okay. Yeah. Now, I feel like now I have the right person because 
I have some pet peeves with the educational system. Okay. No, no. I graduated like from the traditional education system okay. a long time ago, almost, like over 20 years ago from high school. So okay. what they're doing 20 years ago and what they're doing today, but I've been involved with coaching. So you, right. I don't work yep. in the schools, but you see a lot what they're doing and seeing sure. it secondhand and talking to parents. Sure. So obviously I have opinions on stuff. I don't know. Some of mine might be wrong, a wrong perspective. And every school is different. Sure. So I'm not trying yeah, to. Every school is different. I've toured a lot of schools. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. You're good. So, yeah, so I'm not trying to, like, I paint with broad brushes because it's the easiest way to have a a conversation, but it doesn't mean we're specifically going, you know, this is wrong or whatever. It's just here's ideas. And because I'm, I got to believe it can be done better for not just the students, but for the teachers. Mm -hmm. Because I would say, if you want to call it my, I'll try to use some educational words like my thesis. Jargon. Yeah, my thesis would be is that, like, a lot of schools use technology instead of embracing technology. Okay. And as in, there's all sorts of ways, like uh, in North Carolina, where my, my family, like my brother, his kids go to yeah. school there. When they went to public school, they were in year-round schooling. Oh, yeah. Where they were tracked out every... Yep. Yeah, they have six-week breaks in the summer, three-week breaks throughout the year, that type of... Thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. So they really don't have much, uh, any big summer break. Right. A lot of that's used for to make more efficient use of facilities. Correct. Or as if your community is growing faster than you actually want to build or can afford to build, it makes it more efficient use of your facilities because you track kids on, track kids off. Yeah. How's the that work? The building's used all year round. How does it work for teachers typically? Because like, you don't now have your summer break. Yeah. And like I know a lot of teachers would get like a summer job to help supplement income. There's a lot of that. Yep, there's a lot. That would, that would be hard. Um, I... Some of the teachers love it because some of the teachers, you know, six weeks into their summer and it, and it kind of, it, it depends on where, what their stage of life is in too, yeah. right? If they have grandkids, they want to go visit, um, then, and maybe they don't need that extra okay. job. Well, maybe if they want to travel for three weeks in the fall, that sounds pretty good to yeah. go see their grandkids. Cause on a traditional schedule, that's just not possible. Yeah. Um, where you have more of a 10 week summer. Okay. Um, Nonetheless, it's the prep. It's hard to go back to grad school. Like if you want to take a summer class, those are typically okay. eight eight plus weeks. Um, so going back to grad school in the summer might be a little bit of a challenge. Summer jobs, like you mentioned, would be a challenge. Uh, but there's oftentimes where that three-week break you transition out. And the other thing is, as a teacher, you have to pack up your classroom because someone oh, else is going to come in to use it. That makes sense. So there's a little bit of a burden there. You get into a bit of a rhythm. You don't necessarily come back to the same classroom you started it in. Okay. So there's logistics that, um, that are involved. Uh, Douglas County did that, oh boy, probably um, 20 years ago. I mean, they were booming. So in the mid-90s, in fact, they were on the cover of National Geographic. They were the fastest growing county in the nation two years in a row. Whoa. So they were on modified, uh, they call them, some are called modified bees. They're on tracks. Uh, but it was, again, just efficiencies, and they just couldn't build fast enough, literally. Yeah. And so it was used more of an e- as an efficiency piece. Now that they have the buildings they need, they've got 10 or 11 high schools, they don't need that anymore. Okay. Jeffco, same thing. They got about 90,000 students in Jeffco. Okay. Uh, but they have the facilities to manage that. Yeah. So they don't do that. I know the issues they had with was the high schools was like then with sports. Oh, it's a nightmare for sports. To try to do track. It's out. impossible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even little adjustments to um, sports. For example, Littleton Public Schools just 
rotated back their day schedule, their hour hours that they go to school. Okay. And so their what does that mean? Like their rotate their hours. So normally they would let's say they went from seven thirty to two thirty. Okay. Well now they're gonna go and I don't know the exact times, they're gonna go eight thirty to three thirty. Okay. Well, you've got to travel, you have games and so you just like us at Denver Christian, we start at eight twenty and we end at three fifteen. Our students miss a lot of last hour. Oh, okay. Yep. Because they're traveling. And at the two-way level, you travel a long ways, as you know. Oh, yeah. You we travel all up and down the front range. We had games as far as three hours away. Oh, absolutely. And being yep. from Toledo, where I grew up, it's like three hours away there. Yep. You're going to Chicago or, yep. you know, other side of Cleveland. Yep. It's like to imagine I have to travel that far to go oh, to a yeah. game. It's, it's a challenge. Uh, a lot of it, you know, Dr. Cordenhoven, our high school principal, he does his, be- his best to, you know, move the, the heavy-loaded classes towards the front of the day. Makes it's sense. not a perfect science. A lot of the onus is on the on the students to hey I've got a game in Fort Collins we're leaving at one thirty what am I going to miss and so there's some ownership there but that's a good skill too true you got to go advocate for yourself it's not the end of the world true and you're not the only one doing it no 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 you're not the only one doing and and kind of what we were talking about before we jumped on air is it teaches you to manage your time. Yep. You know, so the students, I mean, they get home at eight o'clock at night, eight thirty at night, nine o'clock at night. They need to use their days well. Yep. And study on the bus and use their study halls wisely. And so those are good skills too that Absolutely. they'll carry on when they're years of my age. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So one of one of the things, like with talking about all we're talking about how the schools are built, designed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, what would you call like some of the traditional things that are in school right now that have been in school for a while and you mm-hmm. don't see going it going anywhere anytime soon. Like they're just part of it and they're going like, to stick with it. They're going to, they're going to be there forever. Yeah. Like summer vacation, maybe the, a good sure. example off the top of my head or how they teach certain things. Sure. Sure. Teachers sure. in the classroom, things like that. Yep. Um, a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers want to be teachers because they were successful in school, right? They, they, they did well in school. Okay. The, I, that's not me. School is hard for me school was a ton of work for me and so um even in so i've gone to grad school is my third time back at grad school that's it's hard for me i mean you know and and so the teachers they bring their own biases in this is you know if they're an english teacher they probably were pretty good at english yeah right and so and then that's how they learned um they learned pretty traditionally and they wrote well um, so that kind of perpetuates the system, right? Yeah. They teach how they were taught because it worked for them. So yep. I'm going to teach that way. Yep. And then the, the cycle continues when the kiddo grows up and wants to be a teacher. Well, they learn from a teacher that was taught by a teacher, you know, so that perpetuates itself. On the flip side, my son uh, loves chemistry. Well, his, chem- his science teacher one of them, Ben Dirksen, okay. who we both know, of course. Russ Smith, who we both know. And then his high school chemistry teacher um, taught very non-traditionally, very much relationally, hands-on um, chemistry in the high school. He was My son went through the advanced chem and all that good stuff. and But it was hands-on. Yeah. It was so hands-on. And when you're, a, you're lighting stuff on fire and it's turning all different kinds of colors – and, and my son works with youth and he's tutored and he works at camps and is a counselor. He's pretty non-traditional. 
So he'll perpetuate that as he goes. He'll perpetuate the non-traditional feel, right? The hands-on, let's blow stuff up, let's light stuff on fire. Right. So I think it has a lot to do with how you were taught. Um, I'm pretty non-traditional when I teach, but then there's times in math when you just kind of have to be traditional. You just kind of have to know the formula. Right. Now, how do we use the formula? Right. But a lot of how I teach math is how I was taught math. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, so yeah. it's you kind of perpetuate that. And, and um, back to kind of what we were saying before, how do we how do we look at something as traditional maybe and maybe we tweak it or change it? Correct. Because one of the things like uh, you've heard of the Khan Academy. Or, yep. So, have, you, have you seen the TED Talks with Solomon Khan when he talks oh, yeah. about yep. mastery of learning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, remember when all that started. I Have you had any experience with that at oh, all? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Because I'm a big fan on the front end, but I don't, once again, not being an educator. Yeah. So I've had a lot of conversations with my educator friends about Khan. I think Khan is not a teacher. Khan's a tool. Yeah. Khan's a good tool. It is not a teacher. Okay. Um, I... It's if I need to supplement and, and I've used Khan. So in my statistics class, he has Khan has stuff on statistics. So mm-hmm. I'll go on to Khan and watch his little video on statistics and T tests and things like that. He's pretty good. OK, he's not going to teach me how to do my statistics. He just there's no I, I don't learn that way. OK, um, but and we have students. Uh, some of our teachers use Khan again as a tool. Here's a resource. You know, if you. It, Here's the formula, the quadratic. Let's just take the quadratic. Here's a quadratic formula. We're going to teach it. We're going to practice. But then you're at home. It's 730 at night and you're doing homework. And I need a tool. Well, I'm going to go watch Khan. It's a good resource. Yeah. And he's kind of launched. Uh, um, uh, he's heavily funded, right? Gates loves yep. him. Um, he's got a ton of money. And so, I mean, he's just got endless resources. But... He's also kind of launched a movement. So like our new math curriculum mm-hmm. has a big library of, of tutorial videos yeah. that are directly connected to our lesson. I think Khan's had a lot to do with that. Well, I could see that a lot like with like say math and sciences that are pretty steady. Mm-hmm. And like we're I'm trying to think like it's static in the knowledge or maybe something with more of like an, like in the Bible classes and a theology where you may want to have a discussion. Yeah, a lot of discussion based. So like a very non-traditional teacher in our building is our high school Bible teacher. Okay. Brad Holman, very non-traditional. He's, he loves projects. He loves the kids to wrestle. He's not going to say in Bible class, it's not one plus one equals two. I mean, there's some absolutes, right? God's yeah. truth is God's truth. Yep. And God is sovereign and we preach that and he preaches that, but he he knows that a 15 year old, 16 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old is wrestling and doubting and questioning and wondering. And so he makes space for that. Um, and Dirksen does too. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, so that's, that's been great. Okay. My kids love that. He does a lot of conversations, a lot of group discussions. Um, and so he's very non-traditional. I don't know how he grew up. He grew up in a small town in Wisconsin was Wapon, Wisconsin. So I don't know how he was taught. I would assume it was pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, but he certainly is a non-traditional teacher. So he's kind of bucked that trend that I was okay. mentioning earlier. Okay. But when his kids walk out of there, um, including my own children, mm-hmm. they think my, I mean, my daughter 
it didn't work out in her class schedule to take his apologetics class this year, and she's devastated. She, it's, I mean, my son took it last year as a Mr. Holmes apologetics class, and he loved it. He, he might even say it was his favorite class. Now, he loves chemistry, but he loved apologetics. That's awesome. And a lot of it has to do with the style of teaching. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. For the sake of discussion on education, yep. we'll yep. stick to, the, like, say, we'll say the core curriculum, like the math, the sciences, mm -hmm. the English, maybe. Yep. The stuff yep. that can be taught in math easier, if that makes Kay. sense, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like I a could, MOOC? Like 180,000 students out of MIT? Like right. an MOR? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. So, because uh, part of my thought, like, with, like, I said, with, like, my thesis, like, schools use technology instead of embracing it. Like, with the Khan Academy example, like, uh, they use the metrics, like, if you're taking, like, daily or weekly tests, they can see where you're slowing up in a mm -hmm. certain area. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a huge, great source of information for a teacher, but the teachers know how to read that information. Yeah, good question. So that's that's a good point. So we call those formative assessments, okay. exit tickets. So there's formative assessment and there's summative assessment. Summative means it's a test. Like the you're sum take, of all. Yeah, you're going to take a test. I'm going to grade it. I'm going to hand you back some type of grade. Yep. Formative says, I need to check in with you. Uh, and you can do a formative assessment every day if you want. Yeah. And, and um, so you might say, and they're called exit tickets, right? So all the students, you're going to ask one sort of general question that if they answer it right, quote unquote, right. Correct. You, you'll have a sense of, okay, three fourths of my students got it. Okay. How do I reach those other 25%? Whereas if, if 20% get it right or answer that you're like, okay, I just laid an egg, right? We had a, we had what I thought was a great lesson. No one learned a thing. Yeah. So that's a formative assessment. You can use technology for that. Is that something that's used often in schools, mm -hmm. or at least like Denver? Yeah, push? yeah, yeah. So, um, like technology, uh, Socrative is is a popular uh, formative assessment online tool. The students have their device. It works on any device. It could be a laptop, phone, tablet of some sort. And the question goes up on the board. You type in a code on your tablet or machine, whatever device you've got, and, and it's instant feedback. I mean, it's up, it shows up on the board, and it's immediately seen as three-fourths got it or three-fourths did not get it, or 100% got it or 100% didn't get it. It's great. That's, see, that's the type of stuff that's encouraging to me because yep. like, I just don't, I haven't seen that before. And yep. I've, I've only been at Denver Christian for about a year, and yep. once again, just more or less on the basketball, basketball court. Yeah, the basketball court, right. You know. They do learn well there, so they're doing yes, something. Yes, <laughs> they're doing something right. We made it pretty far last year. Right. Um, so then the other question, like, with, yep. that, with that is, uh, with teachers being able to use that, um, with is there ways then for teachers, like, let me see if I can phrase this right, because my other kind of thought on that is, like, teachers, you're, you've taught in the classroom for years mm -hmm. as well. How often are you teaching the same thing in the same curriculum year over year where you could almost – almost like the kind get of into a rhythm. get into a rhythm or video it where it's like, here's what I taught the first time mm -hmm. and I did it really well. This is the one you really like and keep mm -hmm. using that one and Khan Academy style, let them watch it on their own time sure. frame. So it's called f like a flipped classroom. Okay. So a flipped classroom is, um, and some even give Carl fish back in about 2010 at Arapahoe high school. And this is a worldwide yeah. phenomenon now, flipped classroom. And some give Carl Fish back in 2010 when he flipped his Algebra 1 class 
the he's sort of the birth of the flipped classroom okay so the theory is he does exactly what you just said he he essentially teaches it ahead of time on a video teaches the the, the skill we'll call it because yeah. it's math right yeah. so we teach he teaches foil first outside inside last so he teaches foil the foil method the basics of the foil method the the, the idea is the students watch it prior to class and then when they come in they can dive deeper into the material okay um, so instead of practicing using your practice time or teaching time in class direct instruction it's called okay. you do all your just direct instruction the night before right and they watch it online and they flip it now I can get in and really dive into some more application of that or a quadratic so an arc I'm gonna teach you how to do that but then let's go down into the basketball court and watch what a ball does when I shoot a basket and that builds a quadratic and I can do angles into the basket I can find its peak height right in that case I think it's its vertex so then I can dive deep into that. So that stuff's pretty cool. Now, like, I got to imagine the stuff like that would even be helpful for, like, families of parents. Like, if your son came home, hey, I'm struggling on this, mm -hmm. and can we watch it together? Oh, yeah. And is that yeah. something that's taken advantage of typically, you yeah. think? Yeah. Well, not everywhere. I mean, yeah. I know they uh, – and YouTube is – I mean, it's prolific, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you type in quadratic – I keep using that example. Let's say you type in um, – uh, we can keep let's see fractions. fractions. We'll keep it simple, okay. right? So adding, subtracting fractions. You you search YouTube, adding, subtracting fractions. You're going to have ten thousand video choices. I mean, it'll just be an endless library. Yeah. Khan will be one of them. Okay. But then there's others. So there's some teachers that have put their material out online. You can find it. Yeah. And it's a it's a piece of cake, and that's used a lot. That's used every night. Okay. Because that part of my in the, in the big picture idea with stuff mm -hmm. like that, as the teachers that are good and stuff like that, especially there's certain teachers that are probably better. And I, I forget the term you said, but like we're like the direct teaching where it's like, say the direct one in front of 20. Yep. And then you have the more indirect as my guess is how I forget what, where it's, you know, helping them out individually where they're at. Yeah. Some, you might say some, you could define it as student centered learning okay. or a teacher centered learning. Okay. So teacher centered says that I'm going to, I'm going to do direct instruction. I'm going to lecture every day. Yeah. And I'm just going to lecture. Here's my notes. So um, we're going to talk about this particular battle mm -hmm. over the next week. And I'm going to just give you notes. Yep. Or science. I'm going to teach you. Um, we're going to talk about oceans and water. And so I'm just going to direct instruction teach you for the next two days. Okay. But that doesn't mean you can't then fold in projects um, where the kids create something, right? Yeah. There's a real push for the students to kind of generate a product. Yeah. And not just for their teacher, but like globally. Yeah. Right? The world is so small with technology um, that you you could lecture. And, and so here's the mixture of traditional and new. Okay. I can lecture for a couple days and just lay a foundation of basic facts of, excuse me, of the ocean. Um, so that's typically, that's middle school science, yeah. um, usually sixth grade. So I can lay the basic foundations, but then have the kids build something and then maybe present it, or maybe they video themselves or I bring in a oceanographer, yeah. zoom, you know, video in a, an oceanographer, okay. that's right? Me my Just keep class. layering it on and all these different pieces where you, you get the kids. Now they have to ask questions of an expert. Well, that's a skill. Having yeah. to interact with an adult and an expert, 
And now for me to ask, for me as an 11 year old sixth grader, to ask a really intelligent question about the ocean, I better really study the ocean so I can ask a really cool question instead of why is the ocean blue? You know, what, what's, where is its depth? What is it, what happens when it goes? Why is the pressure so incredible at 20,000 feet under the sea or whatever? Yeah. So anyway. No, no that makes sense. Cause like, so that's the application piece of the it, new knowledge. Okay. Cause that makes sense. Cause one of the, then like the thoughts I would think of like in a new school would be is, mm -hmm where you have the teachers on video where they can, A, people can consume the content on their own time because we mm -hmm. know people want to do that already. Yep. Especially if it's compelling content or something they want to learn. Yep. And then in, in my mind, then it frees the teacher up to be, because like teachers on the ways to make things better for teachers, like I'm in sales, I'm more in the business world. I do right. stuff like that where it's like people that can multiply themselves can make more. Sure. That's really the kind, you know, if I work for, you know, my past job, I worked for a company where it's like he had, you know, 30 salespeople on the floor. Yep. The idea is that he couldn't make 30 call, you know, no. so right, right, right. He's multiplying himself. He yep. makes a little bit less for each of them because we're working, but he's making more because he's multiplying himself. Right, right, right. The same now concept for a teacher where if you can do great content, great video, whether it's, you know, where, you know, the, the click for YouTube, even though it's fractions of a penny per click. Right. But how you can maybe build that up or in other ways. Yep. Where it's like sell the content to a school in Chicago or Raleigh mm -hmm. or somewhere else. Sure to go, hey, use this or trade material where now a teacher has, they're multiplying themselves and they've created something, whether at a school and them have a co-license agreement where the school makes a little bit because they resource them to make it. Yep, yep, yep. Think, is stuff like that happening? Am I not aware of it? Is it, um, is it possible? Yeah, so there are definitely teachers that have monetized their ideas. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're, they're getting referred to as edu-celebrities. Edu-celebrities. Yeah. In fact, there's a little bit of a pushback on it now because it's getting pretty heavy in terms of the pushing of their of their materials, usually their book. Okay. Um, and and so then, you know, they'll have 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 Twitter followers and they shove their book out through their feed, right? Right. And so they're, and, and, and many of them have left the classroom. And okay. so they do this full time. They take their show on the road and, and they they get paid a lot of money okay. to to give that same speech over and over again. Some of them is great. Some yeah. of them are great. Oh, absolutely, I know some of them. They're good people. Yeah, um, it's both men and women, and but they have absolutely monetized um, their theory. Okay. Uh, some would say over time they've lost touch with actual boots on the ground classroom. You know, so they start moving more and more into the world of theory and in theory theory's a great place to be because you're never wrong right. right so it's like the assistant basketball coach <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's yes yes yes, hey, yes coach we should do I've this i've been an assistant baseball coach so that is a true statement and uh so there's a little bit of that but um nonetheless there's if it's good then it, then then people will consume it as long as you stay in touch. That's the key. As long okay. as, as long as you stay in that, that, that person that is trying to multiply their efforts. Here's a little more of a plain way of multiplying efforts. A okay. friend of mine, his name is Ron Peck years ago. I don't know if he still does it. He, um, he lives in, li I don't know if he still does, but he lived in rural Oregon Okay. and small little towns. He taught AP history. Well, his town was so small, it, he didn't have, they didn't have enough resources for a full-time AP history teacher. 
So, and neither did these two adjacent small towns. So what he did was over video, two-way conference call, mm -hmm. he would teach. So he, he could see the other two schools. So he actually taught three schools at the exact same time. Okay, because that's, that's great to hear. Cause like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And this is a decade ago he probably started this. So he would, but here's the key. And this is the whole linchpin of this whole the technology piece. He would go out and meet the kids, meet the students. He would drive out to both the adjacent places, and he would meet those students, and he would get to know them as humans. Okay. And then he would come back to his his building, and then he'd go out every once in a while just to, yeah, I'm I'm not just this flat screen person. I actually I care for you. Um, and so he would go out and meet them and then he'd come back. But each day he would teach two-way conference calls, these students. And that, that happens quite a bit. And, and I would love to do that with Denver Christian. I would love to send Denver Christian's education out to rural Colorado. Yeah. You know, where you've got uh, minimal options for Christian schools, if any. Yep. But they want a, they want a, a faith-based, Christ-centered worldview in science in social studies, in math, in art, in PE, in whatever. Yeah. Um, how, how, what would you need to be able to do something like that? What's the technology's a piece of cake. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I mean, I could do it off a computer and a laptop and yeah. a really nice camera. Right. Yeah, totally. It's amazing what you can do now. With, oh and it's man. Just and zoom. I, we, I, we use zoom all the time. Zoom, zoom.us. It's a, it's like Skype, except yeah. I think it's better than Skype, but some might argue with that. <laughs> Um, and, and so I could do it with that. Okay. Absolutely. And it's basically letting, letting rural areas know yeah. that this is available. For yeah. Them. Yeah. And getting out there, but getting out there and knowing them as people and image bearers of Christ and, um, not just flat screen people, Yeah. but kids with stories and challenges and wrestling with their faith and, um, families want them to have a Christ centered education. Uh, I would love to deliver that. So, so that, we've talked about that. That's a great idea. See, that encouraged me once again. Yeah. My my whole fear with schools, and I've seen it over years, is where they use technology, not embrace it. When I, example of that I told you before when we started talking is like someone reading their their textbook off an iPad right. is using technology, but they're not really embracing I what agree. technology can do for them. We're sure it's maybe a little more efficient and harder for them to lose their textbook. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's lighter to carry around. Right. But... And that's also a little bit of a difference between being a consumer and a producer. Correct. So um, we've been consumers for decades. Yeah. Right. Um, we're also talking about it at Denver Christian. We've been out on tours and planning and working on bringing CTE back to De CTE. Help me out. College career tech education. Okay. Well, college so career tech. Shops. Oh yeah. Yeah. Welding. Uh, so we're, we're creating space in our building for that. That's awesome. High school. Yeah. And that's, you know, when budgets get cut, that's what, I mean, those are the things that go. And th when the budget comes back, they don't come back. No, it's hard to get those back. So we, we took a tour of a place down in the Springs, uh, this summer, about six of us. And then, uh, we want to bring that back, uh, to, to Denver Christian and, we're working with the Colorado Builders Association, and um, they're, they're amazing. They have curriculum, but that's the whole child. We, want, we don't need to educate kids that meet this bar. We want kids that 
want to build for Christ or do math for Christ or do science for Christ or do, or be an artist for Christ or go to the Marines or whatever. Right. So, um, we think that that's going to provide an opportunity to, to be different and non-traditional, very non-traditional. So you have non-traditional. It's funny how you're going back to tradition to be non-traditional. It's the truth. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and the thing is when, and I'm not saying tradition's all bad. I don't know if, no, no, please. If I come across that way. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I get it. Um, I just think if there's not like sometimes when you don't revisit something for, I go, why are we doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your answer can't be because we've always done it. Correct. Yeah. That would be bad no matter what it is. Correct. But there are students that quote unquote traditional school. It just, it's hard for them, but you put a welding device in their hand or a, or a plane, like a wood plane or a hammer, and they're amazing, yeah. right? They're incredible artists. Like, they're unbelievable, and they're, and they're passionate about it. I had a student, he played baseball for me. He's, this was probably oh, 12, 13 years ago. Okay. He, he played second base for me, good athlete, um, had absolutely no intentions of going to college, none. And, and so he was an electrician. That was his passion. Hmm. And to this day, he uh, runs a very successful electric electrical company. Very successful. He went right into the trades, got it figured out and um, owns a company actually with my neighbor's kid, believe it or not, (laughs) small world, but he's incredible. Yeah. Talk about non-tradition, right? But school is hard. The traditional school is hard, but man, you get him with his hands and building stuff and he's right there. Oh man. So then in going back to one of the original questions I've had for you is like, then if you could design a school and we'll say, we'll say reasonable, like let's not go, you know, let's not break hundred million. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, let's say if Gates was funding you. (laughs) hundred billion. Right. If you just dropped his wallet in your doorstep. Right. I could build a nice school. Right. But like, I would say like a reasonable expectation, reasonable budget. Like Denver, Colorado is both the baseline for both of us. Sure. Because each region and geographic geography is different. Sure. And like, what would, what would, what would a school like if you could build it from scratch without, I mean, you have preconceived notions, but like where you don't need to follow the cookie cutter of what's been made. Sure. 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 What would that, what would it look like? So, uh, I think it'd be a mix. I, I think um, there's a push of, you know, you want to get kids in their learning styles and you want to focus on their learning styles and then give them the road that best suits their learning styles. Well, there's a, there's a flip side of that coin too, and that is stretching, right? So this is your learning style. Well, teaching may be in a different learning style. So, for example, I need a, I need a social studies class at any, any grade level. I need direct instruction. Yeah, I need because I need to I need to learn how to be an active listener. Mm-hmm. But I also need in fifth grade, if we're talking about the Revolutionary War, if I want to build in Minecraft EDU a scene from the Revolutionary War on my computer, that's pretty cool. I want to provide opportunity for that. Um, if I want to build something out of clay that demonstrates a battle at the revolu- in, in the Revolutionary War, a particular battle and it's clay or I want to paint it. Uh, I need teachers that provide those lanes, those opportunities. Um, so that's that's just one example. I, 
there needs to be space. Um, I'm not a big uh, specialist okay. person. Um, I, I, with all due respect to, well, I, yeah. So I, I'm I'm a I, I like generalists. Okay. Uh, I think generalists and there's quotes. Uh, my new boss, Matt Covey, he and I have chatted about this one quote called generalists will rule the world. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Well, I think and generalists that could be from sports, too. Right. I mean, you get these students that are, you know, sixth grade and all they do is play baseball year round, 100 games a year and their bodies fall apart or gymnastics and their bodies fall apart or overuse in their body right so i'm yeah. not sure that's great no um i i need my even college coaches will tell you this that's right me. urban meyer you you read enough about urban meyer who's clearly successful he recruits generalists these kids his kids play two sports oh, that's yeah. who he recruits so i'm a generalist i i need space for kids to and we call it in our building whole child okay um so we want opportunities for whole child where, um, in, for example, in middle school, you cannot opt out of music. You're taking music and you're going to take art all year and you're going to take PE all year and you can elect into choir. Um, you can be in the band or general music, uh, but you're going to take them. Oh yeah. And it's a survey and, and it's, I'm not going to be all technology all the time, um, or all pen and paper all the time. Um, so I think, I mean, just coming back to the new versus traditional, if I'm going to build a school again, I'm going to, I'm going to provide a ton of lanes for kids to drive in. And frankly, I'm going to make them drive in every lane. Um, I'm going to make them stretch and challenge themselves. Cause there's some students that if all I did was hand them a laptop and they could code for seven hours a day, they'd love it. But then are they missing an opportunity to read the classics? Oh yeah. Are they missing an opportunity to paint to build with clay, um, to sing a song, to play an instrument, to compose music, um, to run around in the gym, run around in the field, learn about their body, this amazing machine that God created. Right. I need to, I need to in a sense, force them to experience that because they'll choose not to, especially in 20, almost 2020, 2019. Yeah. Everything's on a machine, a right. tablet. So then on that a little bit, What's like, you've been teaching for 20 some years. Mm -hmm. What's the is, challenges today compared to 20 years ago with what, you know, we, I love technology, but there's also, like you said, drawbacks of oh, it. Oh man. What, would, what are some of the hurdles you guys are facing with that? Uh, the amount of time kids read. So I even see it in my own house. Um, both my kids have phones. They read less now that they have devices than now, my son will watch fishing videos, and he learns how to tie flies, so he ties his own flies. So the technology is cool, yep. right? And he, he taught himself to, to fly fish on, with a stick and a piece of yarn and YouTube, and he's amazing. Now he ties his own flies. He sells them. Yeah, right? Wow. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, my daughter is um, uh, she's an athlete. Well, both of them are athletes. But her favorite thing is really art. And a lot of her inspiration comes from looking at her phone and finding ideas on her phone. So it's not a bad thing. But technology, it gets in the way. It's a, it's a habit. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's always there, right? It's never not there. Um, when we go camping, so we went camping this past weekend and there was no cell phone coverage. So you just turn them off. 
Yeah. And it's awesome. And that's, and you're just, my, we, my son paddleboarded all day. <laughs> yeah. You know, my daughter couldn't go. She was down on a mission trip in Florida, but, um, we just hung out by the fire, no phones out, no glow on the face. Um, and so, yeah, it's everywhere. The tech is everywhere and it's not bad. Like I said, it's not bad. Um, what's what in moderation, right? It's moderation. Um, but it, we, we, well, let me go back to Denver Christian. We, we don't allow cell phones during the day in school. They don't work in the building anyway, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just rebuilt the whole structure. So, unfortunately, they're going to work a lot better now. Oh, thank yeah. I can't tell you how many people, like, I wouldn't even be there. I'd be getting texts from people, other coaches I knew from other teams. Oh, going, no. Hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? Building. What's the Wi-Fi password? I can't get it. No, there's no, in that gym, it's a bunker. Oh, it is. Those are 13-inch thick cement walls. Oh, yeah. In a hole, by the way. Yeah. In a hole in the ground. Yeah, that's not, it's... It's Wi-Fi calling. <laughs> um, yeah, so we don't use our phones. We have, we're a bring-your-own device, so every student shows up with a laptop, usually a Chromebook. Okay. Um, and so everything is used on the device. The phone, it's the mobile apps, Snapchat. Um, yeah, no, I can That's get, the root of all evil. I, yeah, no, <laughs> I, can, I can testify to that with some kids I know. Yeah, it's not great. Um, you'll, pick them up after, you'll take them home after practice. And all they're doing on the ride back is Snapchatting yeah. all the way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. And so I always say, and some people argue with me on this conversation, your phone is like a Dave Ramsey quote, I would say, is your phone is like a brick. You can throw a brick through a window or you can build a hospital with a brick, right? And so I use that um, sort of an analogy with a phone. You can, you can know that a kid had a rough day and send a quick text and just say, you know, I'm praying for you tonight. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Right. That's, and it's immediate. Um, but you can also bully and be mean anonymously. Um, and so I've seen an uptick in that. And in my dealings, stuff will happen 10 o'clock on a Friday night. And that spills in and negatively impacts teaching and learning. Here's the other big, big thing in my mind. This is the number one thing that's more challenging than it was a long time ago. Our kids get no breaks from each other. Really? No breaks. They, they spend all day together. So our bell rings at 3.15, we're done. Well, at 3.17, they're texting. And they'll text for the next seven hours. Right? Oh, okay. So there's no break. So if you had a scuffle in the building... Or if you had a conflict or you a disagreement, time was a wonderful thing when you and I were in school. I, right. There was no phones. I mean, there was no phones when I was in college. So um, you had a 15-hour break. Waters would calm. No one tries to solve anything over technology. It just calmed down. Time healed it. You come in the next morning with a fresh start. And now they just don't have a break. They text till they fall asleep. They wake up and they start texting. So that I think is the hardest thing. They don't get a break from even your best friend. You need a break. Right. And they don't get it. They don't get That's, the break. I never thought of that, but that, that makes a ton of sense. It just perpetuates. They, it's, they never get, again, even if it's your best buddy in the whole wide world, you know, some time away, there's some appreciation there. Yeah. And they just don't get that. Wow. Like in the summer, they're texting all summer. Well, when you and I were out in the summer, 
you might see them and you might not or you see maybe once a month yeah once time. a month whatever you'd have to ride your bike over to their house and right. see them or get a ride and now it's just it's non-stop right now what because i got you and you're a sports guy you've coached and mm-hmm. what do you think the sport like youth sports culture is doing to kids and once again in that general side of yeah we I talked say, about i would say it goes back to the specialization yeah um with club sports and so back in the mid 90s is when i started noticing it and more in volleyball because i helped coach volleyball at denver christian in the mid 90s and i started noticing that i'm not blaming volleyball my daughter played volleyball it's a, it's an amazing sport i played volleyball in high school so i love volleyball but there be there the trend sort of became where you just had to play your round just to try out before the kids that played year round early on, you, you, they were like your one or two studs. Yeah. And then it was three. There's only six kids on the floor at a time, so then it became three of the six were in club, and then four of the six, and then six of the six, and now there's seven trying to be on the six. So now it became where you had to play club just to even crack the lineup. At least that was the theory. Yeah. So specialization, um, the injuries, the breakdowns of the body. Um, they, they're called overuse injuries yeah. where you use the same wear patterns over and over. Um, I, I see my former players. I mean, they're in, well, they're 40 by now, but, um, I, I know that they've specialized cause their bodies are a mess. And it's usually their back and their shoulders. Hmm. Um, cause they specialized and, um, my, my friend Tim back in North Carolina, mm-hmm. I, t- I talked to him on here couple weeks back and he yeah. he makes a good point with like the specialization all these kids are you know the, what's the justification here for people playing club is yep. you're going to play more minutes you're going to get more experience yep. and he's like he's not against people playing more but he goes look at how far these people are traveling to justify oh, yeah. to get a few more game minutes. oh yeah and the money yeah he's like well, you're, you're telling me there aren't people in your region that you just couldn't go yep. play and compete against and yep. get better and work at and get, that's right He's like, and he's like, the occasional trip isn't bad because you want to go see what else is out there. Yeah, I agree. But you have these kids that are on a plane every weekend. Right. And it's, it, you're right. It's every weekend. Every, and they'll play nowadays with baseball travel games. You'll play four and five, six games in a weekend. Your body can't handle that. No. When you're 11 years old, you're growing. Your growth, your growth plates are wide open. Yep. And um, we, so just bringing it to my own family. So we, my daughter, when she was younger, my son's a, he's a pretty good athlete. He does all the sports, right? Yeah. He does golf and soccer and basketball and he played baseball. Um, my daughter, we noticed at about five that she, this, she's just, and I, I, I'm going to sound like a dad here. So just, <laughs> That's fine. she was just different. Yeah. We're like, this is a different kid on the field. I mean, she just, I mean, she just dominated. I mean, was just literally unstoppable. So we're like, this could go sideways on our family in a hurry if we don't get a hold of this. So because you could, because then it was, then literally at six, she's getting recruited to all these different clubs. I'm like, dude, she's six years old. Take a deep breath. We're not going anywhere. Plus, we're not paying that fee. Right. Because we can't afford it. So um, we sat down as a family uh, and wrote a philosophy statement of athletics really yep and so we wrote a philosophy statement has about nine points in it so this she's 17 so it's 11 11 12 years ago wow and so we decided that every decision we made would be measured against this statement 
because that would keep us from being stupid okay. and, and chasing Do you remember mo- much dreams. of the statement? Yeah, so it was whole child's in there, um, multiple sports is in there, there's some financial pieces in there, um, there's uh, coaching, who's going to be their coach, um, and just the philosophy of their coach, the demeanor of their coach. Um, soccer can't be number one on the coach's mind. Winning can't be on the number one on their mind. Um, friends, always with friends. Going to stay with friends. We'd never leave friends to chase a dream. Hmm. Um, uh, that's that's kind of the summary. That's the core of it there? Yeah, that's the core of it. Good. So That's impressive. You had the so foresight we did, at that. Well, because it, it can get dangerous. Oh, yeah. So we stayed in rec and actually... She, the competition at her age at the rec just wasn't good. So she actually played on her brother's team two years up. Oh yeah. So we did that for a number of years, but it was cheap and it was rec and she's playing with two year older than her boys. Cause she's really young. Yeah. And, um, so that helped. And then after a while, um, we at about 11 rec just kind of stops. So you have to pick a club. Yeah. So we revisit the statement. We pick a club. The best decision we ever made, Littleton United. She was on the top team there. Went well. It was great. Amazing friends. Um, and they wanted to play year-round. She would quit in the winter okay. and play volleyball. Um, and then she would come back in the spring and play. She would take all summer off, train once a month, um, sometimes once a week, would run be a kid, go to the beach. She loves to surf. Um, and so Jeffrey followed the same pattern. Yeah. Um, her brother. So I think back to the original question, that was our push against the specialization. I think specialization is a disaster. Yeah. Um, and it's not sustainable. No, it's just not sustainable on the bodies. I met with another family two days ago, uh, where they were in gymnastics, young kid, they couldn't stay healthy. It's 27 hours a week. Jeez. And um, uh, they she, they quit because the kid couldn't stay healthy. Wow. So, and I'm like, God bless you. Good for you. So she's she's now playing middle school volleyball this fall. Nice. It's awesome. Out with her buddies. Yeah. Totally out with her buddies. It's awesome. It's yeah. amazing. No, we hear all this, these stories with these club teams and the travel. I always told these kids, like, when they go, what should I do? I'm going to play on this travel team. We're gonna go to see. We're gonna go to Dallas, L.A., Vegas. So here's the question: What's the goal? That's I ask them that that question. And What's I th- the goal? And some of them you go, you know what? This is when's the next time in your life? Now maybe I'm my life's different than I've had a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, pushing forty here, get to yep. travel a lot for work. Yep. In the past, we go. Yep. How many people get to go say three, four different cities in a summer mm-hmm. to go experience? So I told them, go wherever you go, make sure you leave the gym. Mm-hmm. Go to a museum, go to yeah, a yeah, park, yeah. go to that's downtown, good. go that's good advice. Go do something that's not basketball related while yep. you're there because that's good advice. You may never come back to that town again. That's true. You may never be able to, get to travel this yep. many weekends again in your life. Because like when you get older, you get, you know what, two, three weeks off a year. That's right. You're taking and maybe you're taking one one, one and a half one out of state trip, we'll call it. Yep. That's good advice. I, I agree with that. I the travel and honestly it divides the haves and have nots, right? Yeah. I mean, the wealthy can do that. The not wealthy can't do that. They can't do that. Did you hear about the Michigan baseball team? No. 
you have to find the story. My buddy was telling me, he's like, they stopped looking at club baseball kids. They started going for athletes because they realized just like what you're saying, like, he's like our team. Like University of Michigan? University of Michigan. My buddy's son plays for them. Yeah. Like the coach made a couple yep. comments where like, we're going for. He's from Vanderbilt. Really? He was an assistant at Vanderbilt. And, like, and they just played each other in the national championship in the World Series. Because, I mean, on the big scale of World Series college baseball, Big Ten teams don't make it. No. Teams from the North don't That's make right. it. So, like, and baseball is hard to recruit because you have 25-plus kids on the roster. Oh, yeah. You get 11.7 11, scholarships. Yep, yep. So it's yep. a hard sport to recruit, oh, yeah. especially if you're trying to get a kid to go to Michigan. I'm sure oh, they're yeah. getting recruited to other schools, but apparently they found kids that – it's kind of like the money ball approach where it's yeah, like yeah. – they found kids that weren't getting recruited, <laughs> yeah. that weren't getting looked at. Yeah. Because, but they were athletes. Oh yeah. And I love it. It's like when you hear that story, like being from Ohio, like I'm not a great big Buckeye fan, but makes makes me like, you know, go blue a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you in trouble. Right. That's that's blasphemous in Ohio. I know. Goodness gracious! I right. can't believe that came out of right. your mouth. Right. I got some hate speech. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, All right. Going real quick. We'll recap yep. on education here, real yep. quick. Yeah. Um, if you could. Like if there was one thing that was like a, I say a burden taken away in education, mm -hmm. that you just say, boy, if this X Y Z just wasn't an issue, it'd just be such a big sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. What would that be? And like, in the ed and it could be Denver Christian specific or say education system. Sure, 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 sure. So we can go ten thousand foot and. Yeah. So obviously, a, a, a quick answer is money, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Uh, where you just have an unlimited budget, but that's. It's how it's spent. It's not. It's not that. I'm just yeah being silly. No, that's um, fine. I get it. Same thing for my personal thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That. Oh, so true. Um, if something wasn't, I would say. Um, well, that's a good question. I, if 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 I could make it easier for the students to experience education more globally. Okay. Um, I think that would be pretty awesome. I, I think, for example, I, if a student, like if, okay, I guess this does come down to money a little bit, but if I could, does to I, know, point. I know, but if a student of a, a group of students, let's say high school engineers, you gave them a senior project to design a well, right? This is an easy, because water is kind of the new gold or new oil or whatever design a well and then and i'm sure this has been done but and then go out and see the well uh installed in a third world country developing country oh yeah that's that's a lifelong memory um my daughter just got back from uh volunteering at a zoo so and denver christian takes a group down there during discovery week and if they could study animals uh, up here and then take that down and make it really easy to go down and experience those animals. Right. I believe experiences is everything. I think oh, yeah. you need to create opportunities for experience. So I, I would say that if you could totally flatten the world and make it easier for our kids to go out and, um, even, even take a class on dentistry right. and go out into the bush and, um, and practice it and do it, right? Um, or first aid locally. I mean, there's plenty of need locally too, right? right. A 10-mile radius of 
of school, there's a lot of need. So could they develop, uh, so our, our middle school students um, knitted scarves and then they went down and handed them out to the homeless. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I, 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 if we could just do more of those opportunities and Hands tie, on. tie their learning to meaningful experiences, like meaningful experiences, like where you're impacting Christ's kingdom and you're... The hands and feet. Hands and feet. Perfect. Yes, exactly. More and more of those opportunities. Get outside your four walls of your building. Go out and experience, be an experiential ed. Um, something that would make that easier or smoother. Um, that's what I would, I would love to see education just be way more experiential. That's incredible. And one of the things I, I love what you do, I love Christian education. I, I'm a product of Christian education, so take that for what it's worth. And I'm a product of K-12 public. Oh, see? I yeah. grew up K-12 public. Yeah, I, I was, my parents sent me uh, Toledo Christian School back in Ohio. Very cool. You know, so. Very cool. Well, one of the things I'm a big fan of, because like, especially in a, you know, public versus private school, for the mm -hmm. most part, is like, if you're taught from a young age, and this is why I love what you guys do, love what other Christian schools in the area do, because mm -hmm. if you're taught from nothing, you that you came from nothing, and that you're going to nothing, mm -hmm. it kind of makes life as an, mm -hmm. a little perspective, uh, nothing. Mm -hmm. But if you go, Hey, we are, you know, image bearers of God. Yep. We're going to be answer for what we've done with this life, mm -hmm. you know, to him. No, you know, we got grace, salvation, all that, but like, Amen. what we have, you know, he gave us a gift. Yep. How did we use those gifts? Yep. 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 And it's like, so it's like, if all of a sudden now there's a purpose, it's like when Christian education, you know, teaches with, you know, purpose. And it sounds a lot like with Denver Christian. You've, you've actually, throughout this conversation, this last hour here, like, got me more excited about what education, what schools are doing. Where, like, mm -hmm. I've seen stuff in the past. You're just going, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, in the, it's like, it seems like in the Stone Ages yep. for what we could be doing. Yep. So I, I appreciate the, this conversation has at least it's encouraged me yeah. with what kids are doing. If, you know, hopefully more schools are, I mean, it sounds like you're learning from other schools and vice oh, versa. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, I'm in these huge um, Google chats with, with educators. They're doing great stuff. A lot of it's pretty heavily focused on technology because it's yeah. there, robotics and things like that. Um, again, I think technology has its place, um, but I need kids that can think, that can have grace with their employees, that can work well, that can engage in a conversation. Um, that's who I need. I can... Programmers are computer science. That stuff's amazing. It's incredible. It's it's needed. It's in high demand. But I also need that person to be a good employee and a good person, and kind and a good listener and an engaged person. And um, those are the quote unquote soft skills. Those are just as important. Absolutely. And you need to learn those in school. Oh, yeah. No, and one of the things, like, just made me think is, like, so a few years back, I visited my old high school, Toledo Christian. Oh, cool. And I got, at the time, he was the principal, my old fifth grade teacher. And I was actually just texting him today. Oh, no Because I was saying, hey, when do you guys start up? Because, like, you just have this, you know, he, my brother had him as a teacher, you know. Oh, like, no kidding. So I was like, he's been teaching for, like, 37 years. Okay, that's cool. And he's excited again for school to start up oh, again. Love it. Just that's to, good. And he's back to teaching elementary again to sort of finish oh, really? his career. Good for him. And so, um, but he asked me when I was there, he goes, if you wish you, you could have learned something that you didn't learn, what was it? And like, as a student, like, no, no, this is, I'm in my thirties when he asked me this going yep. back to, you know, visit the old school you're going. So what'd you say? I said, 
especially coming from a Christian school, is a discernment. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. a lot of times in Christian schools or any schools, it's kind of like, this is how it is. Yep. A plus B equals C. And yep. not just like in the education side, but, but in behavior side. Yep. Where it's like if Black you, and white. Yep. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of gray in this world. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but when you're, ta- when you're kind of in that Christian bubble mm-hmm. and that it's like, if you don't... Like, I saw so many of my friends go to other schools and they're good people, but like, they just... They fell off their feet. Blew up. It's like because all of a sudden, when things weren't that looked like tidied the, up in a box and a bow, black and white, left and right angles, ninety degrees. Yep. It just didn't. Things didn't fit for them, yep. and, and so it, you you felt bad for that. Where it's like, and like we were talking about with your, the Bible teacher earlier. Yep. I got stuff like that just encouraged me. So I'm much more encouraged. Good. Now than I was an hour ago. Awesome. And I never had any doubts about Denver Christian, but yeah. that is happening like right here, right in our backyard. Makes right me, in our it, backyard. And and again, to teach teach kids to, well, you know, our mission statement, go out and transform the world, right? With God's power, right? I mean, Christ says, take my love, take and be the hands and feet, go out. And the world needs a lot of love right now. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah, I mean, we're called to go make a difference in the world. I mean, we, that's why we're here. We need to go not run from it, not be not of this world, but be in the world and get dirt under your nails and roll up your sleeves. And I'll, I'll, back to your, your great point about the former teacher, ask anybody what they remember about their former teachers. Maybe it's that they pushed them and challenged them but they loved them and they were engaging and they focused on relationship first. Oh yeah. And you don't remember necessarily all the facts. One of the things I thought I was and saying with the phone in your pocket, you don't have to know all the facts. Right. Cause they're right there. They are. Siri <laughs> will tell you how tall Mount Everest is. <laughs> right. One of the things I thought I was saying something nice to my old youth pastor. He, he became my youth pastor at my church, my going in my junior year in high school. And we're still friends to this day. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard him preach, I've, you know, and going to camps. I used to go to camps to help him out, at, you know, when yep. I was even out of high school, you know, just all this stuff. And I told him, I go, I can't tell you how many times I've heard you preach, all this stuff. I go, yep. I, it's like, I can't remember a thing you said. <laughs> I, couldn't t- I couldn't quote one thing you said in right. a sermon, but I'm incredibly grateful for the friendship. Uh, yeah, because absolutely. Because like, we, we would watch football in his basement all, all weekend. We yep. would, you know, play Halo. We'd do all these absolutely. things. Play basketball. Yep you know, ice up. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I see my son really take that to heart. He is really mentoring. They're going to be freshmen. He really mentors them. He was their camp counselor at Calvin camp this week or this summer. Um, he, and he's so natural at it. He did he's, a great job helping coach over uh, yeah, summer league stuff. summer stuff. I mean, he's so good at it, but he's got a good heart and the kids, they won't remember his, maybe all the basketball stuff that he taught them or, but they'll remember that he, that he invested in them, that he cared for them. Um, Yeah. And Jeffrey's really good at that. And, um, and that's, that means more to me than anything. Than the academic scholarships that he gets. And so he's in the honors program for chemistry in college and, and that's great. Yeah. But he's he's a good kid. He's kind. Um, are they get, are your kids getting to the point where they're going from like childhood to teenagers to almost now adult friend? 
Um, when does that transition? You think not now? yet. I, I think that'll look. I think that's a good question because my wife and I have talked about that. I think that's going to happen when he comes back, either at Christmas break or at summer break. Okay. Well, I think that's our anticipation. Yeah. He. We told him this winter. You know, we don't have curfews or anything like that. So we. We're like, let's discuss what's a good time. We have practice tomorrow morning. Okay, so let's not be out till two, right? That would be a mistake. Right. So we just said, we told him, be a good roommate. You know, tell us where you're going to be, when you're going to be home. Um, but just be a good roommate. Don't check out on us. Um, and so, and that's, so that's worked well. Good. Um, don't leave a mess, you know, clean up after yourself. Um, and so it's still our rules, still our house. Yeah. I mean... I get that he can vote, but he's still under my roof. Right. So there's still rules. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. So he'll. I, I think the transition. I rebound for him a lot at the gym now, so I think that's more of a that's friend thing. Yeah. Um, but he makes a lot of them, so it doesn't make you run too much. He makes a lot of shots. Uh, if I have to run, I just don't go get it. He can go get it. If it's, right. a, if it's a brick and it clanks off the rim and goes 20 feet to the side, I'm not getting that ball. Oh, you shouldn't. That's, no. You should learn a lesson. That's you natural consequences. It. Right. <laughs> Jeez. All right. We've been here a while. I, yep. I, I want to ask another question. Yep. Completely different from what we've talked about. Okay. But you've been a married man here for a long time. 27 years. 27 years. And I, I, am I started dating my wife October of 86. Wow. We dated for seven years. Whoa. Yeah. So, and then, uh, so I'm engaged now. Awesome. Wonderful lady. Awesome. Can't wait. What's her name? Uh, Samantha. Samantha. So we're going to do, we're, we're going to record a podcast at some point talking about like wedding planning and wedding stuff, <laughs> oh, which no. basically means that so I still don't have a vote on anything, which is fine. <laughs> I just, I can give my thoughts. Yes. Yes. Like it's I kept, the difference between a say in it and a vote. Yeah. When all of a sudden I heard the venue was about half the cost for a Thursday night, I'm like, Thursday night it is. Yeah. They're like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I thought I had a voice in this. No, yes. Yes. Clearly not. Which is fine. They do. It's they, all she's good. A good. She's, she chose me, so I take her as a good decision. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all but, right. So what I, I just want to ask, you know, you know, as a veteran married guy. Okay. Who doesn't have all the answers? Or any answers, but I can try. Like, what about some helpful tips? I'm not some things to. Yeah, I wouldn't even say. Help, maybe not even helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. There's a bunch of sarcastic answers to that question. I'll, I'll, I won't say those. You can say whatever you want. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so, um, you know, listen. Yeah. You know, a good listener, encourager, supporter. Um. I, my wife and I, so we're kind of coming up, you know, in a year we're empty nesters. Right. So, um, just thinking of that transition back to, you know, we've had kids now for 18 years. So transitioning back to not having kids. So we didn't have kids for nine years. We waited. Um, and so we rooted ourselves in our, in our relationship first. Okay. But then kids arrive and, and then all of a sudden, your life is no longer yours, right? Yep. It, you take a back seat for 18 years, but there's still the importance to maintain the individual that you are okay. and do your thing. Um, go out with your friends. It's, it can't be this sort of all, this is our, this is our opinion, right? So it's okay. it's all opinion, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it can't be all your spouse all the time. 
Um, we were just talking it, about that the it other day. It needs to be. So, so for example, my son who loves to fly fish, well, if, if God blesses him with, with a better half, he should still be able to go fly fishing Absolutely. on his own. And um, he, he likes to, he's somewhat introverted, and so he needs to be able to go restore himself by himself. I am a fanatical runner. I can't run anymore because I blew out my knee, so now I'm a biker. I'm trying to keep up with you on the bike. <laughs> I'm the fat guy on skinny tires behind you. <laughs> so now I, my wife goes out and walks every day. Um, and I get on my bike and go be by myself and that makes us better when we are together. Okay. So that's what I would say is, is I think a healthier couple is created and made up of two healthy individuals. That's, that's sort of what I would say. That makes sense. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I appreciate the time. You this is great. I awesome. Lo I love it. I learned a lot. I'm like I said, I'm more encouraged now than I was. Awesome. An hour this ago. is great. So I've well, really enjoyed that. Well, thank you, Tyler. You bet. Thank you. All right. Talk All to right, you brother. Soon. Sounds great.